This morning, I want you guys to think about why are you here? Not just like here, but like here on earth. Why are you here? Can you answer that question? Clarissa, will you come up here and sing Amazing Grace for me? Just the first line of Amazing Grace. Will you sing it for me? Just sing it. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Yep, keep going. good on the fly, yeah? Clap. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Now I want you to sing that first line of Amazing Grace like a person sitting in here has just given their life to Jesus after 10 years of addiction. That somebody in this room has just given their life to Jesus after walking in darkness and seeing a great light. I want you to sing that like somebody who's broken and divorced out here found the hope and love that only Jesus can offer them. Sing Amazing Grace again for me. They just gave their lives to Jesus, their whole life, their whole heart. right? There are so many of us who are living our lives and we don't know why we're here. We don't know why we're going to that job we're going to in the morning. We don't know why we're looking at 2024 and don't know how in the world financial means are going to make it anymore. We don't know why. So many of us are standing here this morning singing these songs about Emmanuel, Jesus coming into the world, and we don't know why. And this morning, this morning, I want to tell you one thing. Our God has a why for your life. Our God has a why for why you're going to get up in the morning. Our God has a why for the job you're working, for the parent that you are, for the spouse that you are, for the person that you are. God has a why for the story that he has written. In Isaiah chapter 9, we read these words of God spoken through the prophet of Isaiah to people who were looking at God screaming, why? Literally down on their knees, looking up to the face of heaven, why, God? We've experienced war for hundreds of years. We are, we are facing the greatest economic oppression that we've ever experienced in our lives. Why, God, why are we here? We are hopeless. We are desperate. We are alone. Why? 
Why are we here? Your questions this morning, why are you here? Why have you walked this path that you've walked this last year? Why are you here? I want you to hear these words that are as fresh today as they were thousands of years ago, spoken to people who are desperate, spoken to people who are asking why and who are facing three major things. War, war, economic oppression and destruction. Some of you are living in families and it is completely and totally torn apart by arguments and fights and it feels like war. You turn on your news and you see a world covered in war. There's not enough anymore to keep the peace. That's the story they're telling us, right? We wake up and we know about economic oppression. The gap continues to grow between the rich and the poor. People don't know how they're going to make ends meet anymore. There is destruction everywhere. In the land where Jesus walked, there is destruction. In the lives of children, there is destruction. In the the lives of ourselves, there is destruction. War, economic oppression, and destruction. We are not a lot different than the people that Isaiah proclaimed the word of God over. Listen to these words if you're asking why this morning. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. Y'all hear that joy and rejoicing. Who needs that in their lives a little more today? As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder, I didn't say it, God said it thousands of years ago. It's a little weird to me, but it's okay. People are excited and joyful again, and they've not experienced this kind of joy and this kind of hope in a long time. For is in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered that yoke that burdens them. Who has a yoke Holding you, it's a thing that cattle wear around their neck that keeps them pulled back and doing what they're supposed to. People aren't supposed to have those on their neck, but that's what it feels like. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. It will not have the last word. It'll be fuel for a fire for a new day coming. For un to us. A child is born. Hope springs forth. There's a tiny flicker of light for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son, the most precious gift we could ever imagine is given and the government will be on his shoulders, not on ours anymore. He will be called Wonderful, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice, fairness and equity for all, and righteousness From that time on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the why. This is why we have Christmas. 
because God thought we were worth it. Why are we here? Why is this how our lives are? And through Isaiah, God spoke saying, you are why I'm here and it can change everything. In a, in a time when it was dark and muggy and gross outside, when, when things were filled with war and economic oppression and life was terrible, these upbeat and joyful words were spoken in the midst of darkness and pain. Not in lives that were perfect and lit up. Not in the middle of a beautiful, quiet Christmas Eve service. These words were spoken when people were ripping their clothes and mourning over the lives they wanted and they could not have. These joyful and light and lifting words were spoken. Here's what the joy offered. To break the rod of the oppressor. Did y'all hear that in that? To break the rod of the oppressor. You're like, what does that even mean? In those days when people were in captivity from war, when they were exiled, they walked hooked to chains with this bar around their shoulders and necks, like hooked to it. Can you imagine the weight of the world? You're like, I can't imagine doing that. But some of you are living your lives like that. The weight of the world, the weight of your finances and your job, the weight of your family, the weight of everything is on your shoulders and you are hooked to it. The rod of the oppressor is on your back. And you see it on the backs of others. And it weighs you down even more, right? The rod of the oppressor, through Jesus, through Jesus, that rod is broken. Okay? That's what, that's what they're saying. That their arms and bodies would literally be freed to no longer live like this, but to lift their hands in joy and praise and live life free. There are some of us in this room that don't know what that feels like. We can't remember the last time that we felt free to experience the joy of the world. Through this child, through this light, through Jesus Christ, the rod of the oppressor is broken. Why does my life feel like it is? Because I can't even name the, I can't even figure out the addiction that is weighing me down right now. The rod of that oppressor is broken by one more powerful than you. Some of you are in the midst of financial situations and you can't figure out how to get, get through it. God gives us some ways to think about that. And in the new year, we want to help you at this church find some ways to, to, to live healthier financial lives so that is not holding you down and holding you back from living a free and joyful life. Some of you are parenting children and it feels more like a, a burden to you than the, this joyful walk. Our God has a different vision for you and for your family. Your arms, your body, your heart, your soul will literally be freed. Because you, you were God's why to give us the most precious gift, Jesus. To break the rod of those things that are chaining us down and holding us back. An end to war and fighting. I want to get up one morning and not see anything else about Israel or Ukraine. I'm just being honest with y'all. I'm ready for peace and joy and goodness to be what our world is filled with. I'm ready to live in a world. A world where families aren't feuding with each other. 
where divorce isn't even something that we talk about, where breakups and pain, where family feuds and fights, where those things have ceased. And there are times when I'm angry that we are living on this side of heaven and not the other side to experience that reconciliation and that peace. But we pray a prayer in the Christian tradition. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And we ask God's will to be done and His kingdom to come from up there here right now. We believe that there is a day. There is a day that we are all walking towards when war will be no more in our lives and in our world. And that's why... Jesus literally came to this earth. The war and the violence, the pain and the destruction in your life, you think there's no way I can escape this. There is a God who those of you who've been been the victims of abuse, who've been the, the victims of some of this hard, painful family dysfunction, there, there is a God, there is a light who grabs your face and says, look up. I'm more powerful than the abuse or the family feud or the war. I, I am the Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus and his why is for you. You. The third thing that Isaiah promises to these people is the word of God is a child and a future king. One who would grow up to be a mighty God, a wonderful counselor, and a prince of peace. At the time, at the time when Jesus was born, people didn't really know what to believe. How do you believe that this this mighty Messiah, this this little baby is going to save them for the world? It was a little teeny tiny baby promise. And for some of you, you've not had the courage or the joy or the freedom to look at the little baby promises God's already put in your life. There's some little promise that God's going to use a doctor to heal and offer, offer physical healing to children and adults in our world. There's some little baby promise. You're just starting out your career, but there is a promise. There is a promise that the peace and healing of God might come through your hands if you'll give your life and your heart to the Jesus who wants to use you to be part of the reason he came in the first place. Some of you are moms holding little babies at 2 o'clock in the morning just longing for sleep. It's me, okay? It's me. I'm the one. I don't have babies, but they still don't sleep. I don't get it. Um, But this is why Jesus, this is why God has you on the earth, that you could fulfill that little baby promise that the little 3-year-old or 5-year-old or 7-year-old that you hold tight and snuggle and, and tell the Christmas story or light candles or look at the Christmas tree with, that one day they will grow up. And they will do something mighty in the plan and promise of God for the kingdom of the world. Some of you have little baby promises. You've just started a career. You've just started a new season of exercising or doing something different. You've just started your walk with Jesus. It's a baby promise. One that will grow and grow and grow to show you a kingdom of peace, of joy, of love of hope. There is some little baby promise that God has given to you in your life. What is it? You are why it was given. The promise of a child and a future king. The people, the people of God were God's why. People living in pain and darkness and God wanting a different story for them. 
one that looks different than they thought it would look. Maybe you think if I get this job, this thing, this house, if my child acts like this, if I can make my exercise routine look like this, maybe you already have the plan. And maybe the reason that you've missed your why is because you've not connected with God's real why. And His plan to bring goodness and peace, joy and love into the world. God wants to break the rod of things oppressing you. What is it that's like a bar across your shoulders, chained that you are walking day in and day out with? What does it look like to give that, give your life to Jesus and let him break that rod? To actually trust and believe that he is more powerful than the chains that bind you? What is that thing that you need to give God. You were his why for a baby that would break the rod of oppression. God wants to end the pain of wars and fights, destruction and violence in our world and in our lives. What does it look like for you this morning? Not to pretend like that doesn't exist in the world, but to, to know and believe and cling in faith to the God who's more powerful than whatever it is we have experienced already in our lives. To actually cling to that and walk in the freedom of forgiveness and joy. You, you are God's why. That brokenness, that brokenness that we've experienced in the world, that is God's why. He saw it and he knew it was destroying us and he sent Jesus. What is it? What is it? that is destroying you and our world? What does it look like to claim faithfully that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God is actually more powerful than that? God promises you a savior. Some of us have been walking this Christian life without actually believing God could save us or the world from sin from brokenness, from oppression. You wake up every day and you're weighed down by something that's went wrong or is going wrong. God promises you a savior. This isn't how God wants us living anymore. You, you can be saved from all of the things that threaten to perish you, hold you down and keep you in darkness. You are God's why. And when your heart and your life is given to Jesus, you, may not, you might not sing Amazing Grace like Clarissa just sang it, but your, your hands and your feet and your actions will sing Amazing Grace to a world desperate, desperate to hear that song in some way. God wants to use you. Look at him, your hands and your feet to let the world know why they matter to God. God wants to use you to break the rod of the oppressor. The things that weigh people down, what does it look like that you invite them on Christmas Eve at 4.30 to come sit with you and hear about the light of the world who's more powerful than the darkness they use? What does it look like for you to share the story of God saving you through Jesus? What does it look like for you to break the rod of the oppressor? God wants to use you you 
your story, your hands, your feet for the why to break the hands of the oppressor. God wants to use you to end the destruction in our world. What is it that your hands and feet are called to do to end the destruction? To offer forgiveness and usher in peace. I don't mean you have to go stand in front of people who are mean to you. What I mean is what does it look like that they don't have the power over your life in the first place? What does it mean that Jesus and his love and goodness and grace actually has the power? God wants to use you, your story, your heart, your hands, and your feet to offer forgiveness and usher in peace, to end destruction once and for all. God wants to use you to share the promise and joy of a child, Jesus as King. This week I got a phone call from Chris Brewer and he said, I feel like our church needs to do something for Cher Monty. And I said, here's the principal's email address. Chris Brewer runs our slides every week. Everybody wave at him, tell him thank you. Yeah, he does so good. He's training some of our teens to be able to help out with this. So everybody knows their why, amen. Thank you, Chris. So he calls me and he says, Sheremonte Elementary School, I just feel like we ought to do something for him. Is there something that we can do? And I said, uh-oh. I bragged on you too early, didn't I? <laughs> this is the important part anyway. So he called and he said, I think there's something I ought to do. So he emails the principal and she says, I've got some ideas. Can you tell me what you want to do? And he said, well, actually, Erica probably knows more. She, you know, is connected to God. Let her tell you. And so I said, so I emailed, I, so I just called her and I said, Miss Smallin, are there any teachers that you have there that are having a hard time meet this season? who've maybe collected things for the students in their classroom, but who are going to struggle a bit to figure out how to provide Christmas joy for their own kids. And she said, yeah, there is. And she sent us a list of nine kids. And this is what our church wants to do. We want those teachers. We want those teachers to get to offer their kids Christmas joy, and we don't get any credit for it. That's what we want to do. And so after the service, Chris Brewer and myself will meet you in the back and we'll tell you we just want a $100 gift card to hand to the mom of these kids, these single moms who are teaching kids every single day in a Title I school and who just need a little extra joy themselves. We want to be able to say the rod of the oppressor is broken. Amen? We want to be able to say there is hope and peace for you and your family. Amen? There is a baby promise that you have been asked to raise and we believe in them. Let them experience some Christmas joy this year. If you want to be a part of sharing that, will you meet Chris and I in the back? We just need nine people to be able to give $100 each towards these kids. So if you're one, if you feel like God's asking you to be one of those nine people, just meet us in the back of the room after the service. If your life, if your life is absent of why, if you've been roaming around the world asking why you are here, let me tell you why. There was a God who believed his most precious gift was worth it for you to know how loved and important and worthy and called you are. There is a God who believed you are worthy of hope and peace and love and joy. A God who believed you get to be free from all that oppresses you to raise your hands and live your life free and with joy. And you matter so much to God 
that he wants to use you to tell other people why they're here too. Will this be the Sunday that you give your life all over again to Jesus and you let him use your hands and your feet to let others know why they're so important? Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for the love and freedom and forgiveness that you offer to them. I pray this morning, God, that you will clearly reveal people's whys to them. Why they are here, why they sing, why they worship, why they work, why they parent. Give them a very clear understanding of why they are here. Let them know, God, that they are your why. That you believe they are so important that they deserved the most perfect and amazing gift of Jesus who lived on this earth, pointing us to love and hope and peace and joy, and who took on the rod of the oppressor himself and died and rose again to defeat it all. Let them know, God, that they are your why. And use the hands and the feet in this room to let a world desperate, desperate for your hope and joy and love and peace know it. Free them up to joyfully share that you are the reason why they can sing in freedom. Amen.